healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I'm your host, Kevin. As usual, we are so happy to have you hanging out here with us in a tiny shack just outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in the fine, fine community of Bayview. Got a great little episode for you today as we start to sort of wrap up this year. Uh, you first met, we first met Ryan Walsh, I believe, last year. He wrote a fantastic book called Astral Weeks, A Secret History of 1968. It is all about uh, the the scene around the creation of Van Morrison's classic. It's a remarkable book. It is, I believe, one of the best books about rock and roll ever written. was honored that he uh, stopped by the basement while that still existed uh, before he did a reading later that night at a little brewery in, in our neighborhood back Back in the old Brookland HQ days, and uh, and uh, talked with him a good bit about that. We'll put a link in the show notes. But it's, it's a great little interview, and Ryan's a, a super cool dude. But he, uh, besides being a remarkable author, he has also fronted the band Hallelujah the Hills for the past 14 years. A band out of Boston that uh, has the distinction of being one of the only people uh, who opened for Silver Jews, um, who David Berman was a friend of the band. Uh, as you're going to hear us talk about. But uh, but anyways, Hallelujah the Hills have been really delivering the goods for years and years and years. And uh, they are now in their, I'm not sure which album it is, but I'm You is coming out. And it is uh, remarkable. It is my favorite rock and roll record of 2019. Uh, it is, if you are a fan of things like Wilco, uh, things like Silver Jews, Purple Mountains, uh, things like alt country things like the hold steady things that rock verily uh you're gonna love this album so uh felt it important before we close up shop here to get him on the show and that's what we that's what we did and it was a great conversation about anxiety and creating things and what those things mean once they're out in the world and uh it was uh as always uh just a thrill to talk to ryan about his work and uh, and so that's what we're going to be doing. Before that, usually we we this is where we plug Osiris Pod, and uh, so OsirisPod.com and JamBase.com. But but really, I want to say this episode is brought to you by our friend Eduardo Nunes. Uh, Eduardo just got out of the hospital yesterday. Uh, his mother had tumors in her liver, and uh, Eduardo spent the better part of this year sort of preparing and seeing if he was could be a match, and he was. And so he had part of his liver removed, and that part of his liver was put into his mother. And uh, in that in that sense, uh, to my mind, that makes him a fucking superhero. Uh, so this episode is brought to you by our friend, the superhero, Eduardo Nunes. If you see him on the street, high-five him. Uh, he is uh, He's always, since we've known him, been a quite a remarkable dude, but this is um, this is something else, man. And we are glad, thrilled, even that both of them are are safe and sound uh, for now. So, 
Uh, glad that all worked out, and uh, we love you, Eduardo. So get well soon. Uh, with that out of the way, I think let's get to this fine, fine episode. Here we go. We're going to head off to the internets to talk with our friend Ryan Walsh about his band, Hallelujah the Hills, remarkable new album, I'm You. Uh, let's start at the beginning then, sir. Um, last time we talked, you we were talking about a book you wrote. That's and, right. And, and I think what I said at that time, I said, uh, I think you might have written one of the best rock and roll biography story things out there. And I think uh, you got a little bit of validation for that, sir. <laughs> oh, you mean other people? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, weren't, the, you weren't the only one. I, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. Well, but not a, no, well you were particularly kind and uh, – oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, that basement held a lot of sway, but uh but I think uh, I think the rest of the world said uh you know what, Kevin, you may be right about this one thing. Um, but uh, uh and and I I think I asked you at the time. I said, well, "So what's next?" And you said, "Oh, I, I yeah. think a Hallelujah the Hills album. I think we're working on stuff." So where did I'm you start for you? Well, um I think the well it's a 10 song album and um, almost it's pretty the order you hear it in is almost the order I wrote it in with a few wow. exceptions, which is I've never done that before. And so um, why the name sounds sinister definitely came first. And that was, um, I think, right as the book was coming out or after, mm-hmm. because, um, uh, you know, everyone kind of warned me about this. That uh, after the book came out, and you, you know, I had expended all this energy, and now people are reacting to it that I might go through some kind of funk or depression, and yeah. uh, they, they were absolutely right. <laughs> you know, um, uh, and things got really bad for me. I mean, I was, I had to move back with my parents for a little while because yeah. uh, I just didn't feel like myself, and I was like lost, and um, it was pretty troubling, and so. <laughs> My parents are wonderful, but, you know, I didn't have a writing desk for the first time since I was like 15. Oh, wow. And so I um, I could write at our kind of cold, grimy practice space or in the car driving around my old hometown of Dedham, yeah. Massachusetts. So, um, you know, uh, in the in the months and, and the whole year after the book came out, I would say I was writing this. And, you know, the last song got written probably a, a week or two before the final session. Hmm. Yeah, you, there's a lot of uh, – we can, we can get right into the anxiety thing up front. Like there's oh, a yeah. lot of – there's a lot of – and I think this is why this album resonates with me. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety in this record. Yeah. Uh, and, and I didn't – I tend not to like uh, – to digest things but reading press releases. I tend to like just listen to them and like try to get it. And then I, after after basically deciding that this is one of my favorite records of all time, I I read your, your press release, yeah. And I read that, and all and all of a sudden it, it it all clicked with me. And as somebody who so I I recently um, 
when I have panic disorder, I've dealt with it for about like 20 years now. Yeah. I recently just stopped taking medication. So like those feelings oh. that you were just talking about, like yeah. it, it, it becomes overwhelming. It becomes, and, and you don't know what to do. You uh, honestly were very lucky. You had somewhere to go. Right. I know. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And, but I think what's fantastic about this album is that you, all that gets poured into this song cycle that is, uh, I, I've heard people compare it to like Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. I've heard people compare it to a lot of other uh, great rock and roll albums. But I think what they're talking about is this this general feeling uh, of not knowing what's going on in the world <laughs> and how that and how that how that feels art. And we like more than a personal um, sense, like a general, yeah. like uh, the planet seems unhinged kind of thing. Yes. yes. Oh, OK. Yeah. But 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 but, but also but right. also how it 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 filters down to how you experience it in a personal sense. Right. So people try and try and try and try in their art to make this universal statement. And and we know that there's a lot of great rock and roll out there, but it, it's not always that. This uh, is so uh, – every song track on this seems so very personal, so deep inside like your head and and um, looking for a way out. And the great thing about it, and, and this is what I love about it, is that it, every song you seem to find a way out. Right. Yeah. That, that, well, that I was is, trying to write my way out. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And 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 and, and that's but that's then, a remarkable. Yeah. I, I'm glad yeah. you did. Yeah. Um, and, but but, but yeah. that's also a remarkable achievement artistically because um, people are going to react to this when you hear a song uh, like folk music and saying things. Yeah. With a chance of regret Prepare pianos and tape loops And the rarest of B-sides Have absolutely ruined my life Folk music is insane Folk music is insane Folk music is insane Folk music is insane Uh, I've played it for people that say, oh, that's just a funny song. And I'm like, no, you need to really listen to the song. It is uh -huh. funny. It, it is it funny, yeah. Yep. It's one of the – It's, but it is like this cosmic joke that's just been out there hanging out, waiting for somebody to come pick it up. And you grabbed it, man. <laughs> like <laughs> it wasn't low-hanging fruit either. Yeah. Like this is like high-concept stuff. So when you were like getting into that, like what was – you know, what part of the anxiety – <laughs> was driving that particular song well i would say uh, i guess like big picture i uh, was um well first of all i've never you could listen to all our albums and read all the interviews and you might not get a sense of ever what was going on with me in the past yeah and the reason i decided to change it this time was uh it was particularly bad and b i just thought about all the artists and records where people had been clear about that and how much it helped me. And I, I said, uh, I kind of made an agreement with myself. I don't have a right to be nervous or scared about this. 
I'm just going to do it. So, um, folk me, I, so I started to write these songs and I'm like, like you said, I'm like trying to write myself out of the corner I painted myself yeah. into. And, but then when I realized I was using songs to do that, then I started thinking about genres and how they're like different types of self-help or therapy, you know, like, yeah. you know, what, what, how I listen to folk music to do this or other, but you know, and then, um, but then I thought about how, when you, when a genre gets ingrained, you start to have these ex expectations about what can and can't be. And it just kind of strips it of all its power. Mm -hmm. And so by saying folk music insane, is insane, that seemed to reverse that. And, and, you know, just that should make you wonder what the hell is going on, that phrase itself, because um, yeah. no one no one says or thinks that, really. Although I, I will say that... They will now. <laughs> <laughs> I made T-shirts, man. They will now. Uh, the anthology of American folk music, though, yeah. for a literal example, is some of the craziest music I've ever heard. Um, and they're, tr and they're not trying to be weird. They're trying to make radio hits yeah. and you know, it's just, it's, it struck me as hilarious one night that it was weirder than like a Brooklyn avant-garde noise band that <laughs> those recordings, <laughs> right. you know? So right. I think almost with every title or every, almost everything on the album, there had to be like two meanings. Like I just dealt out for folk music is insane for it to be kind of worthwhile. Cause, cause if there was only one meaning, it might just be some diary solipsistic bullshit so yeah that was, that yeah, was kind of yeah cool. for sure but but also i mean just just the literal of that is like when like i was saying that was this cosmic joke that just been out there waiting for somebody to deliver the bomb <laughs> and you did it and it's like because then all of a sudden you start looking at all these like you said these folk songs you're like oh shit it is weird <laughs> ryan yeah. is ryan is right or it's like <laughs> when you when you look at a rock when you're on mushrooms like even the rock gets weird it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> That yeah. phrase is like it's uh that phrase is meant to be inspire like uh psychedelic thinking without taking anything uh or just readjust your POV you know Yeah 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 definitely to to reconsider an, uh, your I guess relationship to rock and roll Yeah really the, and so about. the a lot of the record is about because if more than or just as much as you know um friend family support or therapy mm -hmm. or or any um you know, uh, uh, medication. It's a real cliche when people say music saved my life, but I know, I know what they mean. Um, no, I don't think it's cliche at all, dude. Uh, well, that's good. I mean, but I, you, yeah. I, um, uh, it's, it's defined my life and it just means so much to me. So to get to talk about music while making music, yeah. uh, just seems like a, um, a, a sensical thing to do, you know? Well, and I think it too, it's an extension of, of your book a little bit, you know, you, a lot, oh, of, yeah. a lot of what Astro Weeks has to deal with is the, the absurdity of the situation leading up to Astro Weeks. And, uh -huh. and, you know, people don't, they never think about that. They never think about that music is just life. Somebody stopped, put record on something and recorded a slice of life. And then, mm. you know, when you, one of the great things about this album uh, that it accomplishes too is that you present, like you said, these all these different genres of things that saved you and make the case for why they should save you 
by by in my mind presenting some of the best versions of them like i know you just opened for uh the hold steady oh yeah which is it was, yeah which is amazing but like running hot with fate uh-huh. is one of the best hold steady songs in the past <laughs> <laughs> It's not in a bad way. It's like you you looked at what is around you, what influenced you, what saved you, uh-huh. literally, and then said, why not just do that? Make it good. Like, instead of worrying about, like, what people are going to think, make it good. That Yeah. The less, the more the more I just focused on um, if I was happy with the song and what, and less what people were going to think, the, you know, the better I felt and the easier it got. And, you know, I spent so many early years in Hill's, nervous about bringing songs into the band because mm-hmm. I was scared of being judged. And then I got confident. We all grew to really know each other. Um, and then, so I did, I wasn't scared to bring songs in anymore. And, um, but then this time I was again, <laughs> and, but, but not because I was suddenly scared of them again. It was just, I felt like it was, there was a vulnerability to them. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, but that, how long has Hill's been around, though? We're like halfway through year 14 here. So it's like, Jesus. and it's been a steady lineup for, um, you know, I think like eight or so. And we all um, get along really well, like a, like a family. So, And that, and that started, uh, obviously, when you were younger. But like you, uh, when you guys started, what were the aspirations for this band? Was it because there is something about Hallelujah uh, the Hills that is a very distinct Boston sound? Okay. Uh, with not sounding like Dropkick Murphys or anything. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm friends with Nassim Curry from Kingsley Flood. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, you yeah. Guys have a, you guys have a lot in the DNA there. Uh-huh. Uh, there's this, and there's a lot of that in the DNA of this record, that it is very much, uh, we're ready to fight for what's right. Oh, uh, yeah. Sense. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's fun. You know, you're, you're kind of the third person in a row I've talked to about the record where... Um, uh, they heard it as a rallying cry to a group of people, and it was a surprise to me. I was like, oh. because I'm I'm kind of each each song I'm kind of um, trying to give myself a pep talk, and, and and the fact that that it works for other people is just that means the world to me. That means it wasn't a waste of time. So yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's it it is uh, pep talk is a good way to look at it. You, pep talks, ten pep you, talks. <laughs> you you you. So you guys have been around for fourteen years. You you bring a song like uh, "Born to Blow." It oh yeah, to them. Yeah. You think that I was a master magician? The way that I keep disappearing. Kind of bell boy with 
Do they look at you and are just like, dude, this is like indie rock distilled down into it's just poor. Well, I don't know. <laughs> is what it? are we I mean, going to do just, with this, Ryan? But it, well, it sounds to me like 50s almost. It's like, a little bit. It's older than that I mean, song. it starts with a bong hit, so. It, no, it, that's not a bong hit. That That is. <laughs> it's okay, not. Okay, no. The. The end of hot, uh, the end of running hot with fate. Yes, you know how it slows down. Yeah. Well, then I put I put in the sound effect of a tape reel running out. It's like, oh, okay. so that see? is see. This is how this is how we create. I mean, uh, myths. but now that you say it, that would be a funny way to start the song. Well, because and because, because of the, the first line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The character in the song is just this person like going over this dude, and this is a trope of indie rock. Going over all his failures and like figuring it out, and then and then yeah. like I'm lost. I'm not, you know not born to blow it, but like started off with a bong hit, and it's sort of like, you know, how far are you gonna get, bro? <laughs> like, like yeah. we may have identified one of your problems, right? Uh, well, you know the the song before that, "Running Hot with Fate," is mm-hmm. all about trying to throw um, responsibility off yourself and talk about other people and talk about cosmic forces upon you and then born to blow it is the um look in the mirror moment and say well uh i gotta own some of these fuck ups and here's why you know and when i when i came up with the first line um you'd think i'd be a doctor by now with all this (laughs) self-medicating i couldn't believe no one had got to it like that's, it was, that's what it, that is the beauty of this album, dude. I was I I was just looking for something similar and trying to Google it and asking people. I mean, sure enough, as soon as this comes out, people will be like, "Oh, actually," and they'll point no, us no. to the thing. But, but um, um, have have you seen the film yesterday yet? The no, one that no, no. But yeah. first of all, first of all, see it's it's fantastic. But there's a lot of that. Like he's like, I can't believe somebody did this, and he like Google's it and he's like, nope, not <laughs> something says. But that, that is that is part of the magic of this album, that there are all these things that you thought exist. I mean, as a listener, I thought existed, and I was like, nope, nope, Ryan got there first. This is, <laughs> this is insane. Wow. Um, you know, that leads into, like, Transparent Chart of the Heavens, which sort of gets here, gets into the thesis of a lot of this. The, it is a breakdown or a, or a connection between you and the audience. Uh-huh, you know, that, yeah. That was one of the reasons yeah. of this album. But I, but I also feel like this is explicitly about the connection of of two people yeah uh and and that that really gets into that point it really peaks uh we're gonna go back to people keep dying but yeah it still floors me it still floors me
there's a line on this that uh, is, again, a thing I can't believe people never got to. I can't believe uh, it exists in the world now. That like I know the person that, that put this in the world. <laughs> I, I think it some somewhat relates to anxiety. Yeah. And, and this is why I, I, I certainly – relate to it but i think it also relates to heartbreak and yeah and and regret and all that stuff but this this line uh time travel is real but there's a price you must pay right yeah um I, well like i come said on, man uh, i know <laughs> i um time travel is real but there's a price you pay um yeah I, again i would i mean i, I don't know if I don't know. I'm sure these people have put that sentiment out in the world before, but I don't know. Maybe it was a compact a way to say it. I don't think, I don't think they have. And again, it, it had the multiple things for me because it was like one, it can be just like a, um, a presence thing. If you're not in the present moment, if you're thinking about the past or the future, you are time traveling and the people around you, you're not giving them what they need. You know, and so that's the price you pay. You don't, you're not a present person in someone's life. And then there was, you know, um, working so hard on the book about, a, uh, about things that happened in 1968, you know, when I finished, there were relationships to repair yeah. where they were like, you were in another year. <laughs> yeah. And then, so that, and then, and then just the kind of Terrence McKenna, uh, far out thinking part of mm-hmm. me had you know just the and it's where it's kind of the literal thought of the, the yeah. literal meaning so it had three um and that's i'm glad it's in there and, and i'm glad and you song, liked it and responded to it yeah that's and that song is gorgeous that song it's also yeah. hilarious like I, I i i know this doesn't exist but i i i want sort of a beef between you and van morrison <laughs> and, that, and that you have his yeah. his horn player on that uh it's it's a gorgeous track and and it it, it like you said there's so many meanings packed into six minutes of song uh-huh. uh that you just and and this is just one of the sort of delights in 10 tracks oh, but you thanks. can you can get through like all this album and all of a sudden it's like wait there's more like, can i take any more um the the one track I want to go back to is people keep dying and no oh. one can stop it now. What I know about you and what people know about you on, on social media is that you were uh, friends with David Berman. Is is this song a, a response to that or just a general uh, fuck? I mean, it, no, no, no. The album was um, the album was completely finished by the time that awful oh, wow. uh, thing happened, and um, I was uh, lucky enough to. No, David spent some time with him and emailed with him a lot. That was the primary yeah. way we communicated. And then my bandmate Joe, of course, is his brother-in-law. And we actually found out when we were at a rehearsal, rehearsing the, this album. So mm. um, 
I'm glad we were there for each other because I certainly broke down. Um, yeah. But um, no, but it, it's it's always going to be true. People keep dying right. and no one can stop it. Yeah, but you know when it's when it happens like that, you can't help but wonder or wish if if somebody could have stopped it because um, it's so painful to experience someone uh, leave before they should. Yeah. And to feel that absence, um, it's like a giant chasm and it hurt, you know, it hurts. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of that DNA, uh, his work's DNA in your work. Oh yeah. Like I, 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 I think he, I I called him, you know, my lyrical teacher and, and uh, you know, he would, uh, he'd be kind enough to like, let me bounce ideas off him and stuff. But I just think he, he was the best, uh, at least for the style of, uh, songwriting that I'm most interested in. Um, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought that's the top guy. I'm going to spend, I'm going to pay a lot of attention to how he did it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but, and you end up with these songs that like, and, and so, you know, these were done, but they still speak <clears throat> to that. I mean, this is, and it's part of the power of, of the album like that, uh, that, and I went through hell specifically. We could say goodbye. So we practice every weekend till we die. Another thing I play here is that I snuck in tons of references to songs I loved uh, yeah. throughout the record. Um, but in that song in particular, uh, I ordered Whiskey Neat 50,000 times in the summer heat. The yeah. 50,000 number is the uh, kind of hat nod to Trains Across the Sea right, in right. 27 years. I drank 50,000 beers. And then the end of I Went Through Hell actually has a kind of a nod to Daniel Johnston because it's, hi, hello, are you? And again and again and again and again. And it was so weird. I wrote that song, and both of those people were uh, with us. And now that it's coming out, neither are. And uh, what can you say? Uh, it's uh, it's just a reminder. Life's pretty short, and yeah, you never know what's going to happen. And yeah. I, For me, it's a reminder of what, uh, what we set up up top of that, like, this stuff does save lives, not every life, but it does save lives, and it, and it, and in many cases, it's magic. Yeah, I've, I think like, I've said to you in the previous interview, if there's such yeah. a thing as magic in the world, it's it's songs, yeah, or music, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and that's why it resonates with me. That's why people I know have heard it, it resonates with because, you know, there there is and and you know, look, there is the whole thing of you know, you made it, and now everybody is going to interpret it however they want, which is great, and, and yeah, yeah. Um, but it is at the same time, uh, if people hear that and think either of those songs and think of Daniel Johnson or Berman or whoever and take comfort in that, yeah. um, and then that is an unintentional magical side effect of of your humanity. Just being like, hey, you know, this is and, – and, and I, it just feels like you were so plugged in to something 
on this album when you were making it uh, that uh, uh, maybe it was because of the book? Maybe it's uh, you just turned forty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, there, there it is. It's a classic. You're, 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 you're in the it's club. It's a classic midlife crisis, right? You're, you're in the club. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but but it but it but it it it, it resonates so uh, profoundly across all these different like just styles of music and appreciation of being a person. Well, I mean, I. I don't even know what to say to that. That's the ni- one of the nicest things that anyone's ever said about um, our band. Um, so I'm a little... I don't have a witty comeback for that. Well, <laughs> <For> that <story. laughs> uh, well, 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 let's talk about the title track a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah, let's go into something yeah. light. <laughs> let's go into something light. <laughs> I'm you. Don't freak out. Let's start with the, I think, what is in the press release uh, about it being the relationship between an audience and the band up there. Okay, so uh, I, I I had this uh, realization that, um, you know, my relationship with music always was like um, a full immersion. It's like a, a um, mm-hmm. it was like a virtual reality machine before they existed. You know, I, I would listen to a Clash song. None of those details I'm familiar with. I'm 13 and dead in Massachusetts. Yeah. And I'm like I'm like living Spanish bombs <laughs> as I bike down the street listening to it. So right. I realized that like um, you know songwriting was this invitation to try someone else's point of view out or, or life out. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it was crazy how that was so rarely explicitly referenced in a song. And so I th- I I thought the opening the album with the that you know that lyric um was like a kind of skeleton key to setting you up to listen to the whole thing and not and i'm you is where we you know do the yeah. real thick of it and it's like a it's like a fun it's a hall of mirrors 
yeah. in there. <laughs> it's an eight-minute folks pop song. All right. Song. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, by it, the end of the record, I, I don't want you to. I, I'm saying you and me and all up in every song till the end, and by the end, you should really, um, not know which way is up. You know what I mean? Uh, that's well, uh, mission accomplished. <laughs> That, that's the beauty of this. It, it, you know, you, we've talked a lot about time travel, and that was one thing William Burroughs uh, really believed music was time travel. Really? Yeah. And the reason, yeah. Well, and because because as, if it's recorded, like you can you can mm. manipulate it, and you can like choose your you choose your own reality, choose your own adventure, as uh, a is a gross simplification of it, and that's why the cut up mes- method worked. But with this, you're uh, with with this, you're addressing that on 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 that level but also the it much like the lyric about time travel this cuts to the very heart of personal relationships mm. uh specifically like partnered relationships i think yeah um because when you are with somebody uh for a long time or you commit to them or you marry them or whatever whatever it is yeah um there is inevitably parts of each person that gets erased and I think the mm. trick is figuring yeah. out, figuring out how to make that work. That right. that 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 erasure it can't be a vacuum. Right. And this the idea of like the danger of using somebody's muse. Right. I mean. Yeah. But if eagle, both eagle-eyed are, listeners will know exactly what I'm yeah. referencing originally with that. Um. But with the again with the phrase um you I, it had multiples. It was like. It was like empathy. I'm you. I can. I know what it's like to be. We're so close that mm-hmm. I can, you know, put myself in your shoes. Um, but then there's also the bad version, which is like disassociation, <laughs> and, yeah. you, you know, or you know, And then there's yeah. and then there's the, John Hinckley looking at a picture of yourself as a kid and saying to the picture, "I'm you," yeah. is is another kind of experience. And I just went on and on um, like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I was haunted by what Janet Planet said to me in the book yeah. about being used as a muse, and um, you know, uh, being in a relationship with two songwriters, and perhaps and perhaps both of us taking inspiration for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I kind of dual muses i just started to think about that and i was like well is that any more tenable i don't know <laughs> we'll right. see no, that's, that's you know, the thing. um it seemed i guess it seems way less transactional than a one way uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know where i i do think like this well it's interesting like the old version of the term muses the muses literally wrote the music they didn't inspire it they yeah, wrote it and shot right. it through these and now it's like it's a term to refer to these uh these uh you know people that these male white male songwriters use up <laughs> and just leave yep. high and dry you know so it's like this yep. gr- gross term um so i was thinking a lot about that um in that song and uh yeah so that's a direct correlation to the book you can hear where yeah 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 and and, and it touches on like the the idea of um not toxic masculinity, as it were, but like this idea that that is in there uh, about suffering for your art. Uh huh. Yeah. 
Because um, I don't believe that. No, and nobody should believe that. You, um, uh, I, I'm always uh, – well, I'm not, I won't say I'm on both sides of that. I'm saying sometimes very, very rarely a good thing will come out of – like some well, insight will come yeah. out of a crisis. Of course, you're gonna you're gonna naturally yeah. suffer. It's life on planet Earth. Yes. So, yeah. that's but, <laughs> but you you don't need to have a certain amount of it to be yeah. able to create something great. Yeah. You're just gonna have the amount your life de- deals you. So to think that you need it or lean into it, that's where I think um, we get into myth making and people ruin their lives mm-hmm. in the pursuit of becoming, you know. Um, uh, an artistic master or something or or a or a, a emotional martyr uh yeah no thanks <laughs> for me at least yeah, so, no yeah no I, I and and i feel like this is unlocked uh, m- more so I, uh, than in the in the book you wrote has on this album unlocked you as an artist to really like actualize that oh well that's very sweet thank you because yeah. it is it is very much just the it's the reason i love it so much is because it's such a positive thing in the universe yeah you know you, you overall it's it's like a it's a hopeful message yeah. now i'm asking i'm like is it <laughs> no well no well here, here, here's no, the thing here's, here's here's what people make the mistake when they when they listen to art or just or just experience their world they think if something bad happens yeah that that is the end of the world that is the, and, and nothing bad can happen and oh. like you just said bad shit's gonna happen to you yeah like in our timeline in america yeah. bad shit is happening to us very bad shit yeah um and and you know we forget sometimes get beat over the head of, of how not we're not able to process how to even think about escaping that. We're just like, that's a reality uh-huh. and not understand that. Like, well, no, you are going to have that. There's this Valley that everybody like, you're not, you're just not great all the time. If you are, that's, that's a whole different like disorder. <laughs> <laughs> I never trust. Yeah. Those people, uh, everything's yeah. great. They got it together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it just, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's a really important message as we get to the end of this decade, I think one, like one thing um, to spin it back to the anxiety for a second, you know, one of the reasons I stopped taking medication was because I was high all the time off it and it was great. It was great. <laughs> oh, I see. I was mellow. Everything yeah. was just like, all right, all right, all right. You oh, know? And, you were taking McConaughey's. M- yeah. <laughs> McCona- McCona- ask if McConaughey's isn't right for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, and this stuff, and it was like pleasant for the people around me, and they were like, "Dude, Kevin's chill, man." Yeah, yeah. And and I uh, accidentally like now produce a Grateful Dead podcast. Like this is what happens. Oh, <laughs> they should have put that on the bottle, no, man. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> but um, but the, my my point is, is that it 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 became. I didn't miss the the bad part or the lows, but it became so very. It's like when you apply a compression to an audio file, yeah. everything's flattened Flat. out. Right. Yeah. I've. Um, everyone knows this. Everyone says it. You yeah. to experience the the joy of life and the good stuff, we have to be really familiar with the bad. There seems yeah. to be no way around it. <laughs> yeah. And um, and the less you resist that, it seems to um, uh, yield better results. So there's a there's a yin and, yin and yang to everything. Yeah. And um, and we need it. It seems like it. 
<laughs> as best as I can tell how how the whole thing's structured. Yeah. Yeah. And this this is um, and I keep saying it, and there's no really. This is a for for me personally. I, I, I'm not. I, I hope other people get from this. For me personally, this is this is now like a toolbox for me to get through difficult times. I I well, that's and, the highest. Really, I. I am so grateful that you said that because I, that means a lot to me. Well, um, I mean, you made. I'm I'm grateful that you oh, made it. Wow. Uh, you know, and and uh, and I'm like, how am I? You know, and this is where we're talking about the ups and downs of life. How am I sitting here talking to this person that made this tool that is going to help me get through life? That doesn't process unless you just make. And this is, you know, it's all magic. It's all. This is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And uh, and and this is how you get through life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, art is how I get through life. Uh, yeah. yeah, music specifically, and uh, um, where there's no way to run this test, but I'm pretty sure I couldn't do it without it. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't want you to do it without it. <laughs> none of us. None of us. Yeah. Thanks to Ryan for hanging out, for being open about the struggles he had going into this album and uh, being able to talk about his art so eloquently. Uh, this album comes out on the 15th, I believe. I'm you, Hallelujah the Hills. And uh, you got to get it in your ears. We gave you a little taste of it there, but you got to get the whole thing in your ears, experience it. You will find, I think like I did, that it is one of your favorite albums of 2019. Uh, love to finish out the year on a strong note. Uh, so get out there and support Hallelujah the Hills. And uh, honestly, can't wait to see what Ryan and his crew do next. That is about it for this episode of Discologist. If you like what you heard, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us there and leave us a rating or message. We're also out there on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. We are on ChunkyGlasses.com as every single episode is up there. Also, every single episode is up on OsirisPod.com. So just choose your own adventure, kids. You can listen to us pretty much everywhere. Uh, Coming up in the next few weeks, I think uh, we're going to get Eduardo back on the mic here. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a year-end wrap-up at some point. Might have a few sporadic albums, but this is really... We're easing into uh, into the end, at least of the decade and the um, and the year. So it's time to relax. Time to kick up your feet. Enjoy your family. Enjoy all the albums you missed. And, uh, and just hang out. Yeah. Be groovy. So y'all hang out and be groovy. We'll be back. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>